NapaBroadcasting.com, Napa Valley Radio for the way we live now. And so we are back in campaign season in Napa. Welcome to Napa Broadcasting. It seems like just yesterday we were electing members of the college board and city council. We'll be doing that again in November. But this time around, we're in the midst of a presidential primary and a pretty contested board of supervisors race. It's been said that worrying about national politics is, to a large extent, a hobby. It's not something we can do a whole lot about. But what really matters, what really constitutes the essence of politics, is what happens on a local level right here in our community. And this March 3rd, that means the Board of Supervisors election. Today, I'm joined by Maryam Abudamas, who is running for the 5th District Supervisorial seat, currently occupied by Bilya Ramos. Maryam is a member of the American Canyon City Council, and it is my pleasure to welcome Maryam Abudamas here to Napa Broadcasting. Maryam, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's great to have you here. First of all, before we talk about the race and uh, some of the issues surrounding it, tell us a little bit about you, about your history, How, uh, what brought you to, to this place. Ah, so I've actually been in District 5 since I was two years old. Um, I was born in San Francisco, but my family and I moved to Browns Valley when I was one. And then from Browns Valley, we went to American Canyon, and we've been there ever since. Um, I've been very active and engaged in my community at the age of 13, I started volunteering with Parks and Rec for the city, and as soon as I turned 16, they actually hired me. Um, and then after that, um, I went to you know college. I went through the entire public education system in Napa County, so I went to Napa Junction. I was the first person to ever graduate from American Canyon Middle School. I was bused to Vintage High. Um, I spent some time here at Napa Valley College. I actually attended for two years and earned four AA degrees in that time and um, worked here at the same time. And I continued to work here for six years, even though I transferred to UC Davis to complete my undergraduate studies. Um, When I finished my college education, I was appointed to the Napa County Democratic Central Committee at the age of 21. And as soon as my appointment ended, um, I decided I wanted to run for my seat, and I did. And I've been on the Central Committee since then. So I've been very active and involved from behind the scenes. Um, I haven't really been in the forefront, um, which is why running in 2016, I already had a base of um, solid grassroots support because I've actually been around my entire life, literally, in American Canyon and even in parts of Napa. So um, that's where I am in 2016. The reason why I decided to run for city council is because I had a solo office. I was a solo practitioner. Um, I'm an attorney by trade. And um, my office was on North Kelly. It was three and a half miles away from my house in American Canyon. And it took me 45 minutes to get home. And I feel like I've said this story a million times, (laughs) (laughs) but I feel like it's something everyone in Napa County can relate to, right? And so um, that's when I decided to run. My dad raised me that if you want something done, roll up your sleeves and do it yourself. Don't sit around waiting for it to happen. No one's gonna magically fix your problems for you, right? So I ran for city council and I ran against two incumbents and I was the top vote getter. And I've been working on traffic issues ever since, and now I'm running for a Napa County Board of Supervisors. Let's talk about American Canyon for a few minutes. 
since you've been on the city council, what do you think you've been able to accomplish? What has transpired with respect to what was really the seminal issue for you, the issue of traffic? So um, the biggest thing that I've accomplished in my last three years on the council is the Newell extension. I know you've heard about the Newell extension a lot. It was negotiated for 15 years, six of which my opponent was on the council. Um, but nothing was happening. So when I was elected, um, there was tension between the developer and the city and the residents, quite frankly, because the residents want the Newell extension. So um, I asked for a subcommittee, and I was the only council member appointed to that subcommittee, and I was able to successfully negotiate the Newell extension in my first two years in office. So that's a huge victory for us, I believe. Um, the developer is to break ground on that this summer and that's going to be a bypass to Highway 29. Um, unfortunately, the way it's been negotiated is that it ends at Green Island Road, which if you know me, you've heard me say, that's only gonna push the bottleneck up a couple of lights. Right. There's still going to be a bottleneck there. So I've been working with <laughs> Supervisor Pedroza, who's our representative on the MTC, um, and currently the vice chair of the board, I believe, and um, Senator Dodd on getting funding to make it connect all the way to South Kelly so that we have a true parallel road um, to Highway 29. That's one thing. Another thing is I've implemented staggered shifts. So I'll give you an example. Um, we had a developer come before us, and it's the now IKEA distribution center in American Canyon. Right. Um, and I, the first question I asked is, how are you going to mitigate the traffic that you're going to bring in? I can't, I'm not an impediment to growth, right? We cannot stop, well, responsible growth, and I'm sure we're going to get into all of this stuff, is one thing, but I'm not an impediment to growth. What I am against is adding more traffic and adding more development without finding out how to mitigate the traffic that's going to come in with it. And so that was... The first question I ask that developer, that's always the first question that I ask is, how are you gonna mitigate the traffic that you're going to bring in? And in this particular instance, we collaborated, we worked together and we found the solution of staggered shifts. So that's another thing. Um, and I can keep going on and on and on about traffic, so I don't know how. Where did you stand in terms of some of the development projects in American Canyon, the town center, Watson Ranch, et cetera? So um, Watson Ranch is the Newell extension and a whole lot of other stuff. So I um, was the only council member appointed to that subcommittee. So I played an integral role in negotiating that development agreement. Um, I supported Watson Ranch. Um, and the town center and the housing that comes with it. Um, there's a whole lot of affordable housing that we're going to get from that, and there's also going to be road connectivity that we get from that. Um, Watson Ranch is bringing us a diversity of housing to the city because right now there's only houses and apartments. Watson Ranch is going to bring with it townhomes and condos and smaller homes, and so we're gonna have a diversified housing stock in American Canyon thanks to that project. What's been, in, in your view, what's been the most difficult part of being on the American Canyon City Council? Um, the fact that it's an unpaid position and you have to work full time, <laughs> 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 to be honest with you. Um, so when I ran for city council, yes, I was a political science undergraduate major, and yes, I was involved behind the scenes, but when I was first elected, um, it, was, it was a huge learning curve and I felt like I was being pulled in all sorts of directions. 
And at the time, it was too early for me to know which meetings I should take and which meetings I can postpone. So I was taking everything immediately, and my city council job became my full-time job. Um, And I also have to learn all of the weeds. That's just the way that I operate, is once I know all of the weeds, then I can talk big picture with you. But I have to learn the weeds, so I need to know the entirety of the issue. And I will keep on learning and learning and learning until I get to that point of comfort. And so that was my council experience, is I spent three hours in the car on two occasions with our community development director. He was driving me around and explaining each of the potential developments and every single site and zoning to me. And that's how I learned it. I had the best on-the-job training you can imagine. So I think it was that. And then the other thing would be building relationships. Um, building relationships is not hard in and of itself. That That's something that's always come easy for me. I'm very much a people person. But it's making sure that you maintain all of these relationships while working a full-time job and effectively being a council member because as an elected I don't believe that you can do your job adequately without having great relationships with stakeholders other elected officials and members of the community having accomplished all that having done that and and been involved in these projects there why leave now why run for the supervisorial seat now Great question. Um, To be honest with you, I debated whether I wanted to run for city council again or not. And I love the policy work that I do, but I also feel like you cannot be in a position forever because when I ran in 2016, it was all about this fresh perspective and new ideas. And the longer you stay in office, the less fresh perspective you have, um, which is why I asked Um, the city manager to add term limits to our city council agenda at some point. Um, But when I ran in 2016, I ran because I felt like our council was not addressing the biggest issue in the Napa Valley, which was traffic. And so there was a need there, and nobody was running. There were so many um, unopposed seats uh, throughout, you know, the few years of city council politics. Um, And now in 2020, I'm running because I feel like there's a need. I wouldn't be running if I felt like everything was smooth sailing and our issues were being addressed. There are several concerns that people have, and and me as well as other constituents um, don't believe that our needs are being addressed. We're not being fought for as hard as we need to be fought for. You know that there's a history in the Valley of American Canyon being treated differently from the rest of the county. And it's very important that our supervisor, the supervisor representing District 5, plays a huge role in bridging that gap. And I believe that Keith Caldwell did a wonderful job. But I feel like we're at a place now where we're not being fully represented. What is the fresh perspective that you see yourself bringing to the Board of Supervisors if you were elected? It's a very good question. I believe that I'm very in touch with my my residents, right? So I knock on doors every two years and talk to people face to face. And the reason why that's important is because it keeps you grounded and it keeps you apprised of your residents' top concerns. And they hold you accountable. Your constituents hold you accountable. They are not afraid to tell you, you messed up, you need to fix this. And what were you thinking when you made this decision? This is what we need. Right. So now um, I'm doing all of 
the precinct walking and the town halls and the forums in District 5, and I'm already learning of huge issues, huge issues that are not being addressed or very much talked about. Um, I can give you an example. Coombsville is very new to me. Um, I've been dealing with city issues for the last four years because I'm on the city council. Coombsville doesn't have a city council. Um, when I first joined this race, I was hearing a lot of things about Save the Family Farm. Well, in my mind, absolutely, why wouldn't you want to support your local businesses and your small family farms and, and things of that nature, right? And then I started talking to the residents in Coombsville. And in my mind, I'm already thinking about, okay, if we're going to allow things like this and we're going to allow these businesses to grow, we need to worry about our infrastructure, but we can fix that. Well, it turns out that the residents' biggest concern is that they're all on well water. They're all on well water, and they're terrified that if these businesses grow, they're going to lose their water. And I haven't heard that come up at any forum. The Coombsville residents are all on well water. I haven't heard that once. Now it makes sense why we need to, now it, it, the, the issue makes sense to me, and we really need to figure out how to protect our residents while still allowing the, the local businesses to grow and thrive. Because at the end of the day, um, the quality of life that we have here in the Valley is derived from our industry and our businesses, right? So that's just one thing. When you look at the policies that the board has undertaken, particularly with respect to land use and wineries over the past several years, and, and things like Measure C a couple of years ago, where do you come down on all of that? Um, Measure C specifically... I did not endorse, um, but I did not advocate against either. And the reason for that is because I, I understand and truly appreciate the intent of Measure C. Um, our watersheds are very important. Our environment is very important. And the more we, we need to keep that at our forefront for every decision that we make, absolutely. But after reading Measure C and the ballot argument, the legal argument, um, I couldn't support it because I felt like, as an attorney, supporting it would have set us up for an imminent lawsuit. And so I did not support Measure C, but I also didn't advocate against it. The way I feel is that it's a lot more important for supervisors. Was there a little bit of trying to have it both ways in taking that position? No. No. That's not, um, as an elected, I feel like it's very important to stand up for what you believe in. Um, and that's why... I've never done an abstention vote. It's always a yes or a no, um, because that's what we sign up for. So I wasn't trying to have it both ways. In American Canyon, it was actually not talked about as much as it was here in Napa. Um, so it was not a cop-out vote, if that's the question. Well, I, I, want, I mean, American Canyon was, was pretty essential in the defeat of Measure C, as yes. you know. So it was certainly a big deal for American Canyon. And it really segues into something else that I want to ask you about, in that you have both 2050 on the one <laughs> hand and the Farm Bureau on the other endorsing you, which on the surface is a good thing. Everybody wants as many endorsements as they can get. Two very opposing points of view, particularly with respect to Measure C. Yes. And, and one wonders what the nexus is between all of that. Yeah. Um, so as you, as you know, Measure uh, Vision 2050 was not happy about the fact that I didn't in endorse Measure C. Um, and Farm Bureau wasn't happy that I didn't endorse against Measure C, right? I wasn't no on C and I wasn't yes on C. I was just kind of, I didn't endorse it, but I didn't fight against it. And at the end of the day, I told both organizations the exact same thing. 
I cannot promise you that we're going to be on the same side of every issue. But what I can promise you is that I will always listen respectfully. And I will always be there when you want to talk about issues. And um, my track record is that if issues come before me, I do call the stakeholders involved and I have meetings with them. Because at the end of the day, I'm not going to know somebody's job better than they know their job. And I'm not going to know their what's important to them better than they know. So if an issue affects them, I like to give them a call and understand their perspective. That's how you learn and that's how you make more informed decisions is by understanding all of the different perspectives. And that's what I told both entities and that was enough for them. Are there any projects that have come, winery projects specifically, it's sort of the other side of this question, any projects that have come before the board that you might have felt differently about? Projects that were approved that you think were a bad idea or projects that were rejected that you think were a good idea? No. Um, to be fair, I haven't delved deep into all of those issues on the county level um, because I haven't been working on them. But generally speaking, um, I would take the same approach for wineries as I have in development in American Canyon is you want to grow. That's great. Um, I, I respect business growth. I'm glad that businesses have the capacity to grow. That speaks volumes of us here in the Valley and our economy. But how are you going to mitigate the traffic that you're going to bring in? How are we going to balance your growth with the quality of life of our residents? And that's what's going to be important for me as a supervisor. Um, one thing that I've learned is that a lot of the winery owners hate the traffic too. It's making tourists not want to come here. Nobody wants to get stuck in the traffic. I believe that there's a huge opportunity here for the Board of Supervisors to um, partner with in the industry in terms of finding traffic solutions together and figuring out how we're going to mitigate it together because the more we un uncongest our road, um, the, more, the better off all of us will be. Visit Napa Valley has done several studies on this over the years, as you, as you may know, and has concluded so repeatedly that, that the largest portion of the traffic really comes from locals, that it's not visitor traffic that's clogging up the roads. Talk about that. It's very interesting that you say that. There actually have been several studies that show that the bulk of, I think it's 80% of trips is like a mile and a half long. Um, locals. Yeah, so locals, right. that's internal traffic. And, and the biggest thing here is that's why we need to make our county more walkable and bikeable. Um, in American Canyon, we just adopted our new bike plan, and we're the only city in the county, we're the only location in the county that's approved uh, class four bike lanes, which is very important and something that can be implemented fairly quickly, I believe. But also um, connecting our trails making it easier and safer for people to walk. So part of, I'm kind of all over the place here because I'm so passionate about this. Um, I worked on the Measure AA campaign in 2016, and that was the nine county ballot initiative for wetlands restoration. And a huge part of that is funding to connect the Bay Trail. How cool is that to connect a trail all the way around the entire San Francisco Bay? Um, there are parts of it that are still not built out and we need to work harder on getting that done, but also connecting those trails with our town, right? So part of the Broadway district specific plan is to lower the speed limit and include a bike lane and a pedestrian walk lane because in American Canyon specifically, those internal trips are usually people trying to get to the grocery store or take their kids to and from school. And um, 
it's very important that we make it safe for them to be able to do that. And in doing that, we also have to change the way that we think. Um, American Canyon is not a bike town. Right. You think you're going to get people in American Canyon out of cars? Yes, actually. American Canyon is very outdoorsy. Um, If you ever just go to the wetlands edge on the weekend, you will see a lot of people there walking. Um, We've had people complain about not being able to walk their kids to school because they don't have sidewalks. American Canyon is very active in that way. So I genuinely believe that we will be able to get people out of cars, especially for those shorter trips. Um, We just have to be able to make it safe and easy for them to do that. And I'll give you an example. Um, People spend a lot of time at that wetlands edge open space, and we don't even have a bike rack there. We don't even have a bike rack there. That's an easy fix. We should have a bike rack there. So when we were talking about our bike plan, actually a couple of weeks ago at the council meeting, that's something that I addressed is we should have bike racks, um, maybe one in front of Safeway. So if somebody does want to ride their bike to Safeway, they have a place to put their bike. There's um, been several times where I, I went to Safeway and I saw bikes outside the door that weren't locked up. So we just we need to shift our way of thinking in the community. Which really raises the broader issue of of these things being very city-centric. I mean, certainly things that you're involved in as part of being on the American Canyon City Council, but not really areas where the county is focused in terms of land use being sort of the thing that gets the most attention because it's the shiny object. And, of course, all the other things that the county is in in terms of fostering housing, although not building it, and things like health and human services, which really takes a significant part of the county budget as well. And and thinking about those things, in, in addition to the more city-like things you're talking about in American Canyon. Right. So um, there, there are th- so two-thirds of the county's charge is the health and human services, um, which is huge. But we could be doing more things to help people um, in addition to providing services, right? So Here at Napa Valley College, we have the Workforce Development Board. Mm -hmm. One of the intentions of an organization like that is to keep people away from using needing services of health and human services. So helping people acquire the skills necessary to obtain the higher paying jobs. And um, I know that that's not specifically a county task, but that's an example of the county being able to partner up with another entity to be able to provide for its residents. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunities like that. Housing, I've talked about this a lot. Um, the cities, everyone's agreed, I believe, or most people have agreed that the cities are better locations for housing. And the county still has arena allocation requirement, and the county still has that 1% TOT that was earmarked for affordable housing. It's a, it's a, way, it's a way for the county to partnership with the cities to build affordable housing, whether it's providing them with money or what have you, um, housing in exchange for a right-of-way, for you know the Newell extension, things of that nature. So there's several opportunities where the, counties, the county, in addition to its work, can partner with cities and other entities to provide for its citizens. Um, I don't have the in-depth experience yet about what county supervisors can do, which is why some of my answers are city-centric because my experience has been in the city. So I can give you several examples of things that I've done, but not on the county level yet. Um, I have the 
absolute capacity to learn everything that a supervisor does. And frankly, after this election, I have nine months of catching up to do, or nine months to spend catching up on the issues that I have not been involved in. Um, so one thing that I have proven is that I have the ability and the capacity to learn quickly and make things happen in a short period of time. Um, one thing that cannot be easily learned is how to be a collaborator and work well with others. And that's another proven ability that I've, I've been able to show. I have a track record of being able to bring people and entities together. A great example is that Vision 2050 and Farm Bureau endorsement. <laughs> people on opposite ends of the spectrum, I had the same conversation with them and, and I've been able to point out similarities between the two, believe it or not, um, to members of both organizations. And I'm very hopeful that I will be able to help them find a common ground. Good luck with that. <laughs> I'm very optimistic. I'm very optimistic, and I believe it can happen. Let's talk quickly about a couple of other things. Measure K, I assume you're supporting. Right. Tell me why you think it's important. Um, Measure K is important for many reasons, but my biggest reason for supporting Measure K is, and this is, this is again, city-centric, but it's um, very important that Measure K added the city component because this is how we get our city votes, right? Um, I always say to people, I grew up in the West Side Parks in American Canyon. When I was a kid, we didn't have iPhones and iPads, um, and we played outside until the sun came down. But the parks in American Canyon, especially on the West Side, we've done a terrible job of upkeeping. And now you don't see very many kids there because they're in terrible condition. And Measure K will provide funding for us to be able to upkeep our parks. And that's very important to me. Um, I know you've heard, and I know you know, that Measure K will also help us um, purchase Skyline Park so that we can continue to protect it for in perpetuity, forever and ever and ever, so that we don't have housing at Skyline Park, <laughs> which is a whole other issue. But my biggest reason for supporting Measure K is being able to maintain our parks. Parks are great. They're, um, they say in American Canyon, the American Canyon Community Parks Foundation, its slogan is green time, not screen time. And that's what parks do for you. They make you physically healthy because when you're out walking and running and you're basically exercising and they keep you mentally healthy. There's just something about being outdoors that is good for your sanity. You've obviously followed the debate about commercial cultivation of marijuana. Talk a little about your views on that. Um, for me, cannabis has been a really difficult issue because it's so divided. Um, we've done a lot of surveys and studies, and it seems like our residents are about 50-50 split on issues of cannabis. And so my biggest thing with cannabis is public engagement. Um, yes, people voted for access to recreational use of marijuana. I understand that. I heard that loud and clear, and nobody's working on prohibiting that because that's already been decided. Um, it's always been cultivation and manufacturing and dispensaries and delivery that people are, you know, fighting yes and no on um, how to implement. So I actually support the county's current moratorium. And the reason why I support it is because I support the public engagement process that they've finally um, agreed on. And until we have a public engagement process on the issue of cannabis, we're not going to know what our residents want. And it's our job as electeds to listen to our constituents. And that's not just our residents. That's our constituents, our businesses, our developers, our 
residents who live here um, and try to figure out what they want before we try to put together an ordinance. Right. Talk a little bit on the, just strictly on the county side, not about dispensaries or availability, but strictly about the idea of commercial cultivation on agricultural land. So commercial cultivation on agricultural land is still a tough issue. And my biggest thing against it is the amount of water that it uses and the odor that it seeps into the air. And I think there's something to be said about the... Um, um, quality of our grapes and how cannabis is going to affect the quality of our grapes, the Napa Valley was built on the wine industry. And I understand currently there's a movement and there's there's people that want to build that same reputation for the cannabis industry. I'm going to tell you I haven't decided on this yet. I'm not decided because I need to hear more um, from both sides and hopefully come to a happy medium. There's got to be a balance. Um, the balancing act is probably the hardest part of the supervisor's job because there are so many different directions that things can go in. But generally, I'm concerned about commercial cultivation in agricultural land because of the water, the odor, the hoop houses, the aesthetics, the um, Napa name, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Do you think that the county has handled it well or, or badly up to this point? It's taken too long to come up with an ordinance. Um Right now, I support the or the moratorium because we need the public engagement process, absolutely. But I believe it should have happened sooner, and that's the reason why there's a threat of an initiative. I believe that if you don't listen to the residents or residents feel like their voice is not being heard, that's when initiatives come about. Um, the better way to go about things is to have the, the hard discussion and create an ordinance um, as quickly as you can. But smart, like a smart ordinance, something that's going to be responsive and um, the best decision that you can possibly make. So I'm not suggesting to rush an ordinance. I am merely saying that it should have happened sooner. And I believe that um, if you create an ordinance, you have an opportunity to amend it. Um, whereas if you have an initiative, you can't. You have to take it as it is. And if we are more responsive um, and we create an ordinance and we get it wrong, I believe our residents would respect that and would let us know what we got wrong. And we have an opportunity to amend it and work with stakeholders at that point versus it being imposed upon us. Before I let you go, you talked about growing up here, getting politically engaged when you were young and, and sort of following what's gone on here. In what you've seen evolve over the years, who are the elected officials, either on city level or county level, that you've looked up to or you've admired over the years? Oh, wow. Um, several. Um, for me, the ones that I admire the most are the ones that I believe are working the hardest, right? So Senator Dodd, for instance, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. We see him in American Canyon all the time. I see him at I see him in Vallejo, I see him in Napa, I see him everywhere I go. He's working really hard um, and he's working collaboratively. Um, I remember before I got politically engaged, there was an issue that my dad was complaining about regularly and I emailed Senator Dodd about it and within 24 hours I had a response. His inbox is cleaner than mine and he's a state senator, which I heavily admire. Um, also, Supervisor Pedroza, he's also everywhere. He's walked his precinct, I think, three times at this point. Um, I don't always agree with everybody, but I really admire a strong work ethic. Council member Mark Joseph in American Canyon, 
um, he and I, just this last Tuesday, were on opposite ends of an issue. He voted no, I voted yes. It was a, uh, But at the end of the day, no matter what, I can respectfully talk to him about our differences, and that's very important to me. And a lot of my supporters and endorsers in this race, I, I feel the same way about Supervisor Diane Dillon and I. I don't think we're politically aligned at all. We have some similarities, but I think, I think she's more conservative than I am. But I can talk to her and have conversations, maybe a little bit, but I can talk to her and have conversations and um, we can still work through things together. And that's what I admire and that's what I really respect in an elected official, someone who's willing to stick their neck out for their constituents and someone who's willing to have a respectful, engage in a respectful dialogue on issues regardless of how politically aligned you are or not. Mary of Abu Damas, I thank you so much for coming in. Oh, I appreciate you for having me. Thank, thank you. you. Keep up with all the local candidates and issues on NapaBroadcasting.com.